This is about who we are. And this is, this is, everything's important. This is, these, these sermons, these, this series through DNA this year are important for us because we're, we're trying to communicate as clearly as we can. This is what we're after at CCW. This is the, the push. This is, this, is the, this is the reason for our programs and our initiatives and our buildings and our um, activity that we would make disciples, that we'd, um, that we'd grow disciples of Jesus Christ, disciples who make more disciples. And we've defined disciples, or at least um, provided this framework around it, disciples are people who pursue God, love the family, grow in generosity, give our best to the body, and live and share the gospel. And we've said um, these tags for these series, disciples are people who pray all the time. We talked about that last week. Pursuing God. People who pursue God pray all the time. Um, today we're doing loving the family. Disciples include others. And then generosity. Disciples look to bless others. Giving our best. Disciples serve joyfully. And living and sharing the gospel. Disciples act in faith. Now just a reminder too that through May we've got a Facebook group that's reading through Proverbs together. Just the date according to the chapter of Proverbs. So, um, and you can join that anytime you want. And you can just observe the comments that people are putting on there, or you can contribute to that. You can read um, one proverb for the whole time through. That's fine. There's no judgment. There's no obligation. It's just an opportunity uh, for you in your social media feed to get prompted with the thoughts of your brothers and sisters around the Word of God all through the day. And already, it's been a huge blessing to me. Even thinking, you already knew that thing that that person wrote down, but knowing that someone else is reading that and is encouraged by it and just reminding me this is actually important. You know, this uh, in the midst of my day, I just I found it awesome. So if you want to join me, people have said, how do I get into that group? Just tell me. I want to be in your group. I'll invite you um, on Facebook. Yeah, um, yep. Okay, so that's uh, May. So today we're doing Loving the Family and we're doing Disciples Include others. Now when we say loving the family, people ask me this, and I've asked myself this too. What do we mean? Loving the family? Does that mean we're, we're about family here? We love mums and dads and, and kids, and we want to encourage people to be fantastic husbands, and we want to build great marriages, and we want to strengthen the family unit and, and help parents to do well. And yes, uh, totally, absolutely, it means that. What does it mean the church family? You know, we want people who love each other and, and people who are, are committed to each other that way, and we want to develop that um, edge of this DNA. Yes, it does mean that. Well, does it mean we want to extend that kind of inclusion to those who are not yet in our family, but who God's are reaching? Yes. <laughs> yes, it means that too. Uh, so when we say we are family, we're talking about our family, that is the people in my household. We are family, our church, or even before that, my, my life group, the people that I'm you know, committed to doing life with. Um, then our church, and then everyone who might, God might want to bring home. They're just our brothers and sisters who are not yet home. It's all of that. So we, I'll just take you through a couple of texts that emphasize uh, nuclear family, if you like, and church family. This is from... The, uh, oh, if you read Ephesians 5, you'll get that whole husbands and wives have got to be totally selfless towards each other, submitted to each other out of reverence for Christ. Um, and the picture there is the love that God gives us that he wants to pour through us out to everyone 
has got to find a home in those most intimate to us. How can you be abusing or damaging the person that you live with um, and then pretending to love other people? Uh, so here's, here's the instructions for a leader of the church, 1 Timothy. He's got to be able to manage his own family well, having children who respect and obey him, because if a man can't manage his own household, how can he take care of God's church? That is, if it's not consistent in your life, in your home, then how is it going to spread beyond that? Uh, here's the church family stuff if, uh, from 1 Peter. If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death to life, but a person who has no love is still dead. In Galatians 6, So let's not get tired of doing what's good. At the right time we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Now I've heard that taught, or at least commented on, that the, the love that we should have for the church, our Christian brothers and sisters, supersedes that for the outsider. Because Paul says, you know, especially the favor, you know, the family of faith, especially the family of faith. But that's not, <laughs> that's not what this means. What this means is love comes from God, his selfless love to us, to others. So the people closest to you get the, the lion's share of that. Right? Get, get, they, get the, they get most of it because they get more of your time so they receive more of that love. And then the people just on the, you know, like you see your nuclear family, your extended family, your life group, the church, the world. Love is just love. It doesn't shift across the people. It flows from us out that way. So if there's a spot in the middle of that where people are not getting loved, then love is not coming from me. Does that make sense? Because Ephesians 5 tells us, this is fantastic, this verse is so helpful. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and, here's the definition of that, offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Who did Christ love? Everyone. We have this... um, we have this, uh, what our hearts want to do is set a boundary around the people who should get our love, the people who we should sacrifice for, the people who we go out of our way to include, the people who we, we want kind of like a, there's a set and my mission is towards my children and my, you know, or towards my family or towards these people that, I, that I'm in contact with. They're the people that I need to love and we kind of want to do this thing with God where we say, well, how many people can I love? How much of myself can I give away? Surely, you know, I need to put a boundary around that um, a little bit. In fact, someone tried to do that. They asked Jesus in Luke 10, what's the greatest commandment? And, and Jesus said, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And the guy goes, um, oh no, Jesus asked him. He replies with that. Jesus says, yes, do that and you'll live. And then Jesus says, and then the guy says to Jesus, yeah, but... Who is my neighbor? So he's asking that. Where's the boundary? Who, where does it stop this love? And Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan, and we know this story with the Samaritan and, and the, the priest um, walk past. He's beaten up and he's on the side of the road. He's half dead. 
Then a priest walks past, some people say, because he didn't have any money left. <laughs> it's not really fair. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, the, these people walk past. They just walk past. And then the Samaritan helps the guy, doesn't know him. It's cross-cultural. Um, there's all sorts of reasons Samaritans shouldn't do that. And he's anonymous. He doesn't even take credit for it. He just helps. And Jesus asked this religious leader, who's asking this question, who's my neighbor? Who was the neighbor to the man that fell in with the robbers? And the guy says, well, the one who had mercy on him. See, the way Jesus flips this whole question, we say, where is the set? Where's the boundary? Who should I, who should I, where do I have to stop loving people? And Jesus says, wrong question. Just be love. Just be that. Because love doesn't, love doesn't depend on connection with someone. Love depends on the flow from God out from us. It's like we have, in Christ, we have love. We have received love and we are receiving love. He's pouring love into our hearts that way. And all it needs is a target. The limitation we have is time and proximity. It's not love. So there is no one in this world that we are not called to include. Because disciples include others. Um, Dave and Tina Cannon, they're missionaries, they're with us um, for a time. They're heading back to Thailand soon. Uh, they had their children and they had dorm kids too. And I asked them this question once, like, like that religious leader, like, where's the boundary? I was like, do you worry for your, you know, that you can't give enough to your children because you've got all these other kids that you're also looking after? David looked at me and he went, love's not a finite resource, Danny. (laughs) Meaning, love just pours out. Love just keeps going. So you're not saying, it's not that I shouldn't spend more time with my children, because maybe that's my call, but my regard for, my intent for, my heart towards other people I don't, I'm not depleted if I give myself away all over the place because love's not a finite resource. It's not about how much love I've got stored up that I can measure out that way. Um, it's about who I am as a disciple of Christ because disciples include others. Um, and we get to the point where we want to, where it's instinctive, as we follow Christ, as we understand this more and more and more. Um, when I was talking to Anne Kachi about this, she had this. She said, I remember this phrase, and she said it, and it triggered in me, yeah, I love concepts, and it just helped me to get a much better feel for this. She said, some people are here I am people, and some people are there you are people. Uh, what do you mean? Well, some people walk into a room, and they say, here I am. Now, some of us go, here I am. Like, aren't you all, isn't it good for you that I'm here? Um, or, or here I am, I've come to help. I have arrived and there's a da-da-da, you know, around that. Um, that's one way to do here I am. Uh, other people are, are like, 
well, here I am, you know, amongst these people in this group again, or crumbs of singing that song, and oh my goodness, we've got to talk to someone now, and here we go again, here I am, or here I am, you know, and it's just me. There's lots of ways to do here I am. Other people are like, there you are. You feel that? Disciples include others. What if if ten people at a gathering like this were there you are kind of people? What if 15 of us were? What if 30 of us were? What if, 50, what, if, what if 100 disciples were there you are? Kind of people. We would change the world. Jesus said, this is how all people will know you're my disciples. If you love one another. Um, I heard Brene Brown this week. She's a researcher and social commentator, Christian. And um, she said, uh, belonging is so important. Belonging is one of our primary needs as as humans. Um, Belonging is not the same as fitting in. It's so helpful, actually, this understanding. Belonging is somebody sees me and just accepts me and I'm able to be myself. So it's not that I fit in, it's that I am that I'm included, that I'm heard, that I'm welcomed, that I'm listened to, that I am that I am, you know, that I'm in. That's when, when I belong, is, is when I when I feel that, when I understand that. And when we run the Alpha course frequently, this will happen again this time. And look, if you every invite's a win. So, if you're not even sure if you should, just do it anyway, because um, we know that every time someone gets invited, it just helps them take another step towards um, Jesus. So every invitation's a win uh, for Alpha. But frequently, what happens in those courses is people, even if they're struggling with the content, are amazed at the belonging that happens there, because this is what the love of God does, you know. Disciples include others. Inclusion is so powerful. Isolation is one of the curses of our society. And we are connected to everyone and included with no one. And we hide behind our garage doors and our screens for the most part. But this offer to people that you can be with me, like there you are. Tell me more about you. How are you feeling? What are you thinking? And to be able to listen without judgment and just affirm somebody's uh, presence with you and welcome them is such a gift. It's a gift to each other. It's a gift to our community around us. Because disciples include others. Now, how do we know we're getting there? Like I said last week, we don't chase fruit. We pursue God and we produce fruit. So here I go, 
charge it along as I'm trying to include others. How do I know? How do I know that I'm loving the family? Let me show you this text first. Um, Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. I've got 1 Peter 3 against that, and that's not 1 Peter 3 at all. Let's see 1 John. Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let's show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth, so we'll be confident when we stand before God. Um, So I'm going along, and I'm I'm wanting to love the family. I want to include others. Um, And if this is the orientation of my heart, I'll have lots of opportunities in random encounters with a glance, a word, an action, a move to include somebody that I wouldn't normally include it. Um, you'll find this too if, you sh- if the orientation of your heart shifts if you start thinking I'm, one of the things I'm about as a disciple is including others I don't want anyone not to be included in the people that I encounter uh, this week or this day so we get to the end of that day and we look back and we say um, who did I go out of my way to include today in this action reflection method that we talked about last week where we, for pursuing God, where we say, when did prayer in the moment shift my actions today? Here's another question to ask ourselves. Who did I go out of my way to include today? We want to be disciples. We want to be pursuing God and loving the family. Now, these are two great questions to reflect on at the end of the day. When did prayer in the moment shift my actions today? Who did I go out of my way to include today? Because Disciples include others. So that's simple to understand. I pray um, that as we chat about this more across our life groups and as you talk to others about that, that this will become more and more and more important for us as people of God at CCW, that we're in connection with God all through the week, we pray all the time, and that we are people who include others. And I love that God's moving us towards that. I love that uh, people like Annette are in our congregation. I love that God's speaking to people like Stacy to be able to include families with special needs kids here too. And I know that hearts right across our community here will warm to this and, and go after this. And I love that too. That Jesus is doing this work in us by his spirit where we are a people who include others. Let's pray.